0: today on PowerPoint with Jack Graham. I've lived by a little motto, when in doubt, don't. If I'm not getting a green light from the scriptures and within by God's Spirit, if I'm getting yellow light, red light, it's no. The enemy wants to distract you and ultimately defeat you. And the way you make good decisions is by cultivating a close daily walk with the Lord to be filled with the Spirit, to keep your eyes on Him and trust in Him. take your Bibles and turn with me to the book of Romans chapter 14. This is our essential gospel series. For some months now, uh, we have been taking a deep dive into the book of Romans passage by passage, scripture by scripture. It is the essential truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the 14th chapter of this book of Romans is very important. Uh, because it has to do with decisions we make, discernments by which we live our lives. So, I'm simply calling this message from Romans 14, uh, it's a question, is it right or wrong? We're talking about life decisions. We're talking about choices that impact uh, now and forever in our lives. And so, the question of right or wrong, you're going to find yourself... All of us with more freedom than ever before. We are free in Christ. You shall know the truth, the truth shall set you free. But our freedom in Christ is a freedom to live fully for Christ. No longer under the power and dominion of sin, our old life, but now we live in this brand new life and liberty that is in Christ. So how are we uh, to do this? You know, one thing, uh, the, the way to hurt a child is to give that child everything they want. That's why you don't give a child a knife to play with, a small child a knife to play with, not a good idea. It's uh, why you don't uh, say to your toddler, go play in the street, have fun. No, you put boundaries and restrictions up. And uh, I remember when I was first a grandfather, when our grandson Ian was born, uh, and he was four or five years old, and I took him to the Ranger game. And being a great, great, wonderful granddad, I gave him everything he wanted. Cotton candy multiple times, hot dogs, soft drinks. And by the time I got through with him at the ball game, he was yakking in the parking lot. <laughs> Giving your child everything they want is not a good idea. And so, one of the, one of the challenges parents have now, with these graduates and, and uh, many of you who are raising children, uh, you know, it's, it's when to release the restraints and the restrictions and, and uh, give more freedom. And of course, you're going to have more freedom than uh, you've ever had before as you leave home. So this message is very, very important uh, for all of us uh, to hear. Let's begin reading in verse 13, chapter 14 of Romans. Therefore, let us not pass judgment on one another any longer but rather decide never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of a brother or, as implied, a sister, a Christian. I know and am persuaded in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself, That, but it is unclean for anyone who thinks it is unclean. This is a matter of conscience and religious training and tradition. Verse 15, for if your brother is grieved by what you eat, you are no longer walking in love, by what you eat do not destroy the one for whom Christ died. And that word destroyed there is a vivid word. It means to crush your brother. Don't crush your brother by the things you choose to do in your life. For if a brother is grieved by what you do, you're no longer walking in love, but what you do do not destroy the one for whom Christ died. So do not let, this is verse 16, what you regard as good to be spoken of as evil. We'll explain that a little later. But here's a key verse, verse 17, one that I have underlined in my Bible. It's actually uh, a verse that we adapted at, uh, adopted at PowerPoint years ago as our key verse. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, that is, these external things, but the eternal things of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Whoever thus serves Christ, serves Christ how? In righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit, is acceptable to God and approved by men. We serve for an audience of one, the Lord Jesus Christ, God. Himself. So then, in living our lives, making our decisions, let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. I am to be building people up, not tearing them down, not crushing people, but loving people. Do not, verse 20, for the sake of food, destroy the work of God. Which is the work of Christ in His church. Everything is indeed clean, but it, it is wrong for anyone to make another one stumble by what he eats. It is not good to eat meat or drink wine or do anything. Circle that word. Anything. Whether it is the media I use, the entertainment I choose, what I put in my mind, what I put in my heart, is whether it has to do with fashion, style of clothes, whether it has to do with uh, the kind of worship I like. All of these things that are not matters of sinful behavior but questionable issues in our lives, things that are not black and white. Now we have liberty in Christ and therefore we have unity. A great Christian of yesteryear put it this way and if we could live uh, by these words we would find uh, great peace and productivity in our lives. He said in unity or rather in, um, in essentials, in essentials, unity. So all the essentials of the faith, the doctrinal truth essentials. Our core beliefs, these are not up for discussion or debate on the deity of Christ, the authority of Scripture, the Trinity, expression of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, salvation by grace alone through faith alone and many others. These are core uh, convictions and not only do we have core convictions, we then therefore because we believe we have core values, our belief leads to our behavior, how we choose to live our lives. And so, uh, we are in all these things uh, that are essential to seek unity because the devil would love to divide and destroy a church and his people with non-essentials and preferences and opinions and things that aren't core to our convictions and our commitments to Christ. Got it? Say, got it. All right. In... Essentials, unity. In non-essentials, liberty. Liberty, freedom to make decisions based upon your own conscience and your own understanding of God's Word. Not outside of Scripture, but in concert with Scripture. Liberty. And in all things, charity, which is a word, of course, for love. Now remember, we're not talking about matters of sin and obedience to God here. God has given us the Ten Commandments. He's not repealed His moral law. It is still wrong to kill and steal and and to lie and to covet and to commit adultery and, 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 and to worship idols and to dishonor your parents. We're to honor our parents. And so the Ten Commandments are not Obsolete. they are absolute for our lives. The moral law of God is not in question here in the decisions we make. This is not a question of is abortion right or wrong. Clearly the Scripture teaches that life is sacred in the womb and to take life in the womb it takes a human life. I mean that's not a black, that is not a gray issue if you know your Bible. That's a black and white, it's a clear issue. And matters of morality and immorality all of these things. So hear me clearly when we talk about decisions that we make regarding our behavior, some of the things we choose to do. Again, I just, I'll refer to the, the entertainment we choose, the, the movies we watch, the, uh, the, what we eat, what we drink, all these kinds of things that are more disputable and debatable. Here's how we need to bring these together. Because you can grow up in one of two ways in a church. The, you, 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 there, there are some people that are extreme in regulations and rules and restrictions. I know some of you may have grown up in a church that worried about how long your hair was, whether you had facial hair or not, whether you went to uh, school dances or didn't. I know this sounds like the dinosaur era to some of you down here, but it, it is. It is in fact that some of us grew up in, in very restrictive environments and religious environments and 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 rituals and and all the rest that that. Uh, became, we call this legalism. That's legalism. But the extreme of that is license. And license is thinking that I can choose to do anything that I want to do because I am a Christian. I am in Christ. And so, I can choose to do whatever I want to do and it doesn't matter. And Typically, people like this who practice this are self-centered and often self-righteous. And I don't want to be, and that's liberalism. I don't want to be in a legalistic church. I don't want to be in a liberal church. I want to be in the Lord's church. I want to be in God's church where the Word of God is taught and we make decisions based upon truth, not trends or traditions. how we thank God for the eternal message of the Bible, Jesus who is the hope of the world. And it is our responsibility as followers of Jesus to dig deeper, to dive deeper into the scriptures every single day. That's why I'd like to send you a copy of Moments in the Word to help you walk through the scripture in a daily encounter with Jesus. After all, research proves that when you encounter the Bible on a daily basis, your life begins to change, it really does along with the lives of people around you. It impacts everything. For your donation and partnership with PowerPoint to help share the gospel of Jesus Christ, we'll send you a copy of Pastor Graham's devotional, Moments in the Word, to help jumpstart your year as you dive deeper into the Bible. To receive your devotional, call 1-800-817-3272. Text the word MOMENTS to 59789 or go to jackgram.org and we'll get you a copy of Moments in the Word today. So start every day focused on the one who can truly, eternally, forever transform you and your family. And it's my way of thanking you for your gift that helps us at PowerPoint to reach more and more people with the good news of Jesus Christ till the whole world hears. Freedom in Christ is the willingness to lay down personal rights in behalf of others. Don't miss that. Because the first principle that I'm giving you right now regarding whether it is right or is wrong is to live in this liberty that doesn't put each other down because of what you believe or judge one another on your personal preferences. But William Barclay, a Bible commentator, said a new age would Would come down to the church if we remembered that our rights are far less important than our obligations. It would be a new day among Christians if we thought more about our obligations and our responsibilities to love one another and to love God than my rights. Paul said in Romans 12, 18, as much as is possible, live in peace with all men. So I am just saying in the first part of this message that we are to live in this liberty and make decisions based upon our liberty in Christ. And secondly, there is the principle of lordship. Go back to verses uh, 7 through 12 in this passage your brother. That's a very strong word there. Just parenthetically, despise your brother. Have disdain. Look down upon them. Did you know the first sign for a marriage that is going under that will end up in divorce? I can guarantee you the first thing that happens in a marriage that goes south, blows up the home and the family. The first sign is disdain for the other person. If there's disrespect, disdain, you know, the rolling of the eyes, that's a sure sign that your marriage is in trouble. So he's using a word like that. Don't disdain, don't despise your brother. For we all stand before the judgment seat of God. Now this is not talking about the judgment of the world and the judgment of the sinner lost before God. But this is the judgment, the Bema seat. When we travel in the ancient world, we often go to Ephesus. And you can actually go to a Bema seat at Ephesus uh, where uh, judgment took place within the city. It was the Bema. It was the place of judgment. It was also used in the Roman, the Grecian, the Olympian games to, uh, the Bema was the place where they would award the athletes who won and crown them. And so when he speaks here of this judgment, this is not a judgment of the sinner outside of God. That's what is called in the Bible the great white throne judgment. You don't want to be at that judgment. But you will be at the judgment seat of Christ as a Christian. Not to be judged for your sins. Your sins were judged at the cross. There's now in Christ no condemnation. So we're not judged at this judgment seat of Christ for or because of our sins but rather this is a judgment of evaluation and rewards of service and sonship in Christ Jesus said I'm coming my reward is with me Paul referred to this same judgment in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 as building your life on the foundation of Christ not with not with wood hay wood hay and and, uh, and rubble sticks and rubble, but with gold, silver, and precious stone, that which lasts. And because when the heat gets turned up at this judgment, it's an a, a illustrative thing of, of just turning on the heat on, on our lives and on our works, and everything that was not done for Christ will not last. And some are going to have nothing but the wasted embers and the burned embers of a wasted life to place in the hands, the nail-scarred hands of Jesus. Don't waste your life. Don't waste a second of it because it matters now and it matters then. Jesus said some will suffer loss on that day. I I can't imagine what that life or that loss will be in heaven, but it will be a loss, certainly a loss of reward. So we live our lives, as I said, for an audience of one because one day, We're going to stand before God, and we will be judged not by someone else's behavior, not how someone else preferred to worship. I guarantee you're not going to be asked, did you like the worship style of of your neighbor in church? You're you're not going to be asked, did did you like what that that other person ate or drank? You're going to be asked about your life. You're going to be giving uh, a report on your life. So Paul is saying here, stay out of everybody else's business and take care of your own business. Because we're all going to stand before this judgment seat of Christ. And therefore we ought to live under this lordship. It's every dispute that we have regarding whether it's a dispute with one another on matters of questionable, questionable things, politics, that's another one. So If we could get everyone, all of us, under the authority of the Lordship, submitted to the Lordship of Christ, so many of these petty things and preferential things would disappear because of the Lordship of Christ. What am I saying? I'm saying you have one person to please, so run your own race. Discipline and devote yourself to Christ. Make decisions that honor God and godliness and pursue Him. Like Paul said in 1 Timothy 6, but pursue righteousness and godliness and love and faith and steadfastness and kindness. Pursue these things. Seek the reward of Christ. Run in the victory that you have in Christ. therefore you don't worry so much about everybody, what everybody else is saying. Whether they mock you or criticize you, you do what God has called you to do, and do it well. And do it all the days of your life. Just live with your eyes on the Lord and your knees on the floor and your nose in the book. That's the Lordship of Christ. And I've made some decisions as a person, as a personal choice, a Christian, and I've made decisions as a pastor. Things I choose to do and things I choose not to do, based on my accountability before God and before people. And so there's some things that I might could do if I wanted to do them that I don't do because I'm laying aside some rights to take up some obligations and responsibilities. And let me just tell you this, there's not one thing I've ever given up for Christ that he has not paid back full force, nothing compared that I've laid down for the Lord is compared to the joy of serving him and living for him. I promise you that. So again, what is the kingdom of God? It's not eating, it's not drinking, it's not all these external things, extraneous things, but rather it is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. And so that brings me to the final principle that If there's the principle of liberty and there's the principle of lordship, there's a principle above all of love. Look back at your scripture. We're going to close the message, but I don't want you to miss this. Uh, Look at verse 13 again. Therefore, let us not pass judgment on one another any longer, but rather decide never to put a stumbling block or a hindrance in the way of a brother. He says, so then let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding." Is what I'm doing constructive and helpful and productive in building people up, or is it destructive in tearing people down. Again, same subject, verse 21. It is good not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything, anything that causes your brother to stumble. So as Christians, we make choices and decisions based on love. Our love for God And our love for people. You say, well, I have my rights, I have my liberties to do what I want to do. Love trumps liberty every single time. Every single time. And so I don't want something that I do in my life to cause someone else to stumble in their faith, to fall in their walk, with God. I want to keep my testimony strong and true, and my witness vibrant and believable. When I do that, I often ask myself some questions about decisions. I especially did this in my younger days when I was making choices as to what I was going to drink, or what I was going to do, or what I was going to watch, and so on. So, here's some questions you might ask yourself. Is this thing that I'm about to do, will it be habit-forming? Will it be habit-forming? Paul said in 1 Corinthians 6, I will not be enslaved or controlled by anything. If anything is potentially addictive, are controlling in my life, I want to stay away from it. I don't want to take a risk of letting something form my life. You know, they say regarding alcohol, first a man takes the drink and then the drink takes the man. And I've seen that many, many times, of course. So will it be habit-forming? And you say, well, I, I don't know if it will or not. Check it out, be wise. Will it build up or tear down? That's something else, in other words, Is this thing that I'm doing, as I said just a moment ago, is it helping people in their walk? Because the Bible says, all things are lawful to me, but not everything is profitable. That's, again, 1 Corinthians 6, 12. So is it constructive? Is it helpful? Is it profitable, what I am doing? And then I ask myself, will it lead to excess? Is this behavior, this decision I make, will it lead to doing something excessive? Uh, Ephesians 5.18 says, don't be drunk with wine, which is excess, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then, will it offend a weaker brother? We talked about that. Will it hurt or will it help? And then, am I certain? Here's kind of the bottom line. Am I certain? Am I clear that what I'm about to do is right? You do have a conscience. And if your conscience is informed by the Word of God, the Scriptures, If your conscience is enlightened uh, by the Spirit of God, then your conscience can help in guiding you. And so if it's a doubtful thing, maybe it's a disputable thing, even among Christians, whether this thing is right or whether this thing is wrong, ask yourself, is this thing truly right for me to do? Look at verse 23. For whoever has doubts is condemned if he eats, because the eating is not from faith, for whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. So if I cannot do this in good conscience and in faith, if I cannot ask the blessing of God upon it, if I can't uh, say, Lord, what would you do? So sincerely ask yourself regarding any decision you're making, could could Jesus go with me here? Would Jesus join me in this activity? Can I do this by faith? Can I I really pray about it and then do it? These are simple questions, really, aren't they? But I remind you of these because it's so important that you make these decisions that honor God with your life. I've lived by a little parable, or rather a little motto, when in doubt, don't. When in doubt, don't. If I'm not getting a green light from the scriptures and within by God's spirit, if I'm getting yellow light, red light, it's no. The enemy wants to distract you and ultimately defeat you. And the way you make good decisions is by cultivating a close daily walk with the Lord to be filled with the spirit, to keep your eyes on him and trust in him. In essentials, unity. In non-essentials, Liberty and in all things, charity. And we are to love Jesus so much and love one another so much that we would never do anything to displease either or to offend either. What a beautiful bride the church would be if we all lived by this, in the love of Christ and loving one another. Wouldn't you like to be a member of a church like that? There is still time. Call now to get your copy of Pastor Graham's devotional, Moments in the Word. I personally want to invest in you and your spiritual growth. And this devotional is a great way to grow deeper in the Word of God. And as a bonus, your donation to PowerPoint will help us continue to share the good news of Jesus till the whole world hears.